Can we welcome our Lancaster family? Come on, help me out. We just want to welcome everyone in Lancaster at the mall, tuning in online. Man, it's such an honor to have you. If it's your first time here at X Church, my name's Tim. And uh, man, it's just so great to have you. We're, we're kind of beginning the new year with kind of a new conversation of what it looks like to get vision in our lives. Now, speaking of vision, I just want to let you all know, especially my servant leaders, okay, for all the servant leaders, that's what the people that you see, the army of people that really help this church happen, I want to just remind you, next Sunday evening at 5 p.m. at our Lancaster location, we are having X Night. Now, X Night is incredible. Listen, it, if you are a servant leader, you have to go to this. We're only doing one this year. And it is a night where I want to, I want to share with you my vision for our church, our house for this next year. And here's the really cool part. Not only is it going to be a high-octane experience, not only is it going to be powerful, it's going to be an amazing time. But get this, we're going to break our 21-day fast at the end of that experience with the most amazing food, desserts, junk food you should never eat. We're going to have it on that night. So I just want to encourage you, if you're a servant leader, please make plans to be there next Sunday evening. Now, if you're here and you're going, I want donuts and I want food, and I want some of that, then let me just tell you what your next step is. You ought to go to XU. Listen, go to XU. X University, listen, if you don't know what that is, you're new around here. That's a growth track. We, we want to help you grow. We don't want you just to show up and attend, but we want to see you actually grow this year in your life and your faith. And so I just want to encourage you, if you have not yet been to XU, you need to register. Maybe jump in in February. In a few short weeks, you'll be done. It's the easiest degree to get. But we really think it'll help you on this journey of life. So make sure you, you lean into that. Again, if you're new, we're in this series of conversations as we begin a new year. Not just a new year, but it's a new decade called 2020. And we're kind of trying to get vision for our lives. We're trying to say, okay, what does it look like to have clarity? And we're trying to do something new this year. Because how many of us every year when it flips the calendar... We start thinking about all the things that we want to change about ourselves. We start, start thinking about, okay, this year, this is the year. How many of you thought, this is the year I'm losing 30 pounds? This is the year I'm getting in shape. This is the year I'm going to start running. This is the year I'm going to start doing this. And we say these things over and over, and then we're good for like a week and a half, two weeks max. And you know, the gym's flood. I see it, and it's awful. I'm like, gosh, how is it that every treadmill is taken up in this place? I'll wait another week. There'll be three people on treadmills. And that's because every year we get in this, this, this idea. We get inspired. Oh, this is the year I'm going to become the new me. But it never sticks. Let me tell you why often it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick because we don't have real vision. We've got an idea of what we like, but we don't have real vision to point our lives in that direction. And so in this series, we're talking about what does it look like to get a vision for your life? Now, here's what that means. It doesn't mean, well, I just want a really good paying job. And like one day I want to retire and have a bunch of money and be able to live in Florida if I want to. That, that's not what we're talking about. When I say vision for your life, if, if, you're, if you're dating, do you have a vision for, for the future? If you're married... Do you and your spouse have a vision for your marriage? How it should go? How you should treat each other? What you're going to do? How you're going to spend time together? If you're a parent, here's a lot of times we're just trying to survive if we're parents. But what does it look like to have vision for your kids saying, when they grow up and move out, please, Lord, I hope they do one day. When they move out, I want them to be these kind of adults. You see, a lot of us, we, we don't actually think about it. And we just go through life and, and 
This verse has kind of been a theme verse for us. Proverbs 29, 18, which says, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. When I don't have direction, I'll go in any direction. And it'll lead us to a place in life that few of us want to be. And so we're learning this process. Can I tell you this? That getting a vision for your life is a process. It is not a feeling. So you go, well, I just, I don't know. I feel like I should be a teacher. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. But, but the process of vision is more than a feeling. Why? Because I have found that my feelings change. I have found that one moment, I feel really good about things. Next moment, eh, not so good. One moment, I feel like I should do this. Next moment, no, that was a bad idea. I should do this. We don't want to follow our feelings. We want to follow a God-given vision. How are we going to get that? We've been learning through four steps through this process. Let's go, let's go over them. These are the four steps, these icons that represent them. If you all remember them, but let's say them out loud, both locations. We're going to first seek God, circle up, define it, step out. Come on, let's all say it like we mean it. Come on. Seek God, circle up, define it, and step out. Four steps to a process for you to get a vision for your life. Can I just tell you, as a pastor, I'm not doing this for the church. I'm not doing this for us. As a whole. I'm doing this for you. Because I don't want any of us to end up at one point in life and look back and say, why did I end up here? This isn't the life I planned. And a lot of us end up that way. Can I tell you why? It's because we don't actually stop to define it. And so the first two weeks we talked about seeking God because I don't want to just come up with some plan on my own. I want the plan that God has for me. Can I just tell you this? And maybe no one's ever said this to you before, that God created you for purpose and on purpose, and that God has plans for you that are better than anything you could imagine, that God wants to use your life to make a significant difference. Listen, you're not just here to take 70 years, 80 years, and then breathe your last and be done. There's a specific reason that God wants you here, and he wants to use you in a way that will make your life so fulfilled. But before we get there, we're going to have to actually seek God. Here's what I've discovered. If you ask God, he doesn't play cosmic hide-and-go-seek. God actually wants to show you what the plans are, but he's waiting for you to seek him. And so as a church, we started off this process with a 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you are fasting? Raise your hand if you're doing it. Are you surviving? A lot of people. I'm just so proud of my church. Can I say that? You guys are incredible. I can't tell you how many people, sometimes the first day they showed up in our church, heard about it and jumped in. Can, can I tell you, this fast has been so refreshing to me. I, I'm, I'm, not just ref I'm not just fasting food. Now, that's been hard. Some of you are hangry. I can't wait to eat some meat again. I can't wait to have some sweets again. I can't, there's certain things I can't wait to have again. Like, I, I've been off social media. I don't miss that. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been off Instagram. I really don't miss that. My mind is clearer than it's ever been. I, I've been kind of in this fasting. But we don't fast just to suffer we do it because we say less of what I'm used to in my personal life and, and in my flesh. And I'm saying, God, I want more of you. And when that happens, can I tell you, God wants to meet you in a new and a profound way. So I've, we've had people say that have never done anything like this before. They said, I've never done something like this. And they said, I've never felt God so near to me ever in my life. It's because they're leaning in toward God. And when we seek God, he's going to give us the vision. Then, then week two, we talked about how important it is to have a circle. Hey, it's great to have a church, but when we attend church, we sit in rows. And what I'm saying, if you come to this church, I love that you show up on the weekends, and I love there's people in Lancaster right now. 
My, my prayer is that you'd go beyond the row and get into a circle. You know what I mean, a circle? Do you have people in your life? Do you have friends? Do you have people that can challenge you and encourage you and kind of push you if you need a push, help you if you're hurting? Do you have that? Because I'm telling you, you've got to find that in a community like this. It will change your life. And you cannot build a vision on your own. God didn't create you to. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable. And so we learned last week that if you're going to build something, you're going to need some people in your life. And so it was so cool. Last week, more than 100 people all step up to say that they want to be at the next circle up and they want to get into a circle. We got all kinds of people that are diving in. And so I want you, it's not too late. You can be a part of that. But this week, we're going to talk about define it. And I'm just going to say right now that this week is probably the most, one of the most challenging parts of getting a vision for your life. This is grueling. This isn't the fun inspiration. Okay, this is great. This is where you have to kind of get gritty. This is where you have to kind of like figure out the vision. Can I tell you that for every vision to ever come to life, the first thing you have to do is define it. No, nobody just wakes up one day, just magically, and goes, oh, I'm exactly where I wanted to be. I had no idea how this got here. Nobody does that. No successful person. You look at somebody who's real successful you look at somebody who starts a company who's real successful, somebody who's really, nobody just wakes up that way. If you want to get to a place in life where maybe you're like, I feel like God's taking me in this direction, you got to define the vision. Can I just tell you, defining a vision is way harder than it seems. It's not that easy. It's confusing, it's hard, but if you do not define it, it will never come to pass. In fact, I've had someone uh, described to me what defining vision is like. They said it's a lot like trying to describe a color without pointing to the color and telling someone that's it. Like, like think about it. What, what if I asked you to describe the color red without saying the word red or pointing to something that's red? How would you do it? Just think about it for a minute. You'd be like, well, okay, so it's like, it's not blue or yellow or green. And um, it's kind of dark, but sometimes it's not. And it's, you know, I don't know, it's red. No, 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 describe red without, it's red. It's almost impossible. I think for a lot of us, we feel like vision is like that. Define vision. You're hearing this and it's like, okay, this is inspiring. I'm going to get direction and vision. And then you're like, I have no idea how. How do I get vision for my marriage? I don't know. We're just married. Just hope it works. No, 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 no. You can define vision. And I want to talk about that today because, listen, vision needs to be seen before it will be achieved. You've got to see the vision before you achieve the vision. Now, let me say this. You will never achieve the vision until you first define it. You've got to define the vision. And so if you are here today and you brought a, a Bible with you or an electronic device, I'm going to ask you to get it out right now. If you don't have a Bible, can I just tell you, we love to give you a Bible. You can stop at our Next Steps area and we'll give you one free. Uh, electric electric electronic device, we all could maybe have a Bible. I just want to encourage you to get it out. We're going to dive in a little bit. I want you to open it up or turn it on to a really, really small book in the Old Testament called Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Everybody say Habakkuk. 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 It's like clearing your throat. Habakkuk. You know, it's just like you got phlegm in there. Okay. Habakkuk. Now, let me tell you who Habakkuk was. It's not just some weird name. It was a guy. There's a guy that lived in, in the Old Testament times, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus showed up. And he was considered a, a prophet. Some call him a minor prophet. And, and here's why. Um, he heard and saw a vision from God 
for his nation, Israel. Now, as you find this little book in the Old Testament toward the end, it's a few before you get to the end of the Old Testament. Okay, here's, here's the context. Habakkuk was just this guy who saw his country, he saw the nation of Israel, and he was just depressed at what he saw. Some of you can maybe relate when you feel like you look at our country today, and here's what he said. He said, I see so much injustice. We see injustice in our world today. He, he said, I see so much evil. And honestly, God, sometimes I feel like it's just unfair. I don't know if you've ever felt like God is unfair when you look at the world. It feels like that at times, I'll be honest. And so he's kind of having it out with God. If you read this little book, and you could do that this week, he's kind of back and forth. He's like, God, why aren't you here? Why don't you show up? Some of you, to be honest, maybe, maybe your struggle with faith is just simply that. It's like, I just don't see God. I, I see a mess. And I wonder why God doesn't show up and why God won't do something. And so Habakkuk is saying to God, and he's crying, and then God responds, and it goes back and forth. It's a conversation. God's speaking, then Habakkuk speaks, then God speaks, and he's like, isn't anything going to change? And in that moment, God gives Habakkuk the vision of what he's going to do in the future. So we're waiting and asking God, would you give us a vision for our future? And in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, we're just going to look at two little verses today. It's going to really help us in this process. Habakkuk 2, verse 2, it says this, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. He said, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Now I want to pause. We're just going to look at these two verses. God's giving Habakkuk a vision for the nation. This is the future I'm going to create. But in that process, he looked at Habakkuk and he said, now you need to define it. And what's going to happen is you're asking God, God, give me vision for this. God, show me what I'm supposed to do at my job. God, show me how I'm supposed to raise my kids. God, show me what it looks like to, to be what you want me to be. God's going to begin to inspire and give you the vision of the future that he wants. But you are going to have to do the process of defining it. And so God looked at him and he said, here's what I want you to do to define it. And there were a couple keys that I found in this. And I would love for us, let's take notes. I'd love for us to kind of dive into these keys because this is going to help you. It's going to help you to find a vision for your life. The first key was this. God told him, write it down. Okay, write down. Write it down. I'm going to wait. So you got your phone. You're going to jump over here into notes. You're going to get your little piece of paper or on your Bible. Just write all over it. Just so you're going to underline. Go, write it down. Everybody say, write it down. Write it down. How important is it to write things down? Well, if you don't want to forget, write it down. God told Habakkuk, I'm giving you the vision. Now I need you to write the vision down. Now here's what's interesting. You know what we've discovered is we discovered that if you will write things down, you're far more likely to remember them. I know, I just blew your mind. Some of you are like... I wish I'd known that when I was in school. How many of you, like, that are, you're gonna, I'm going to date myself a little bit older. I remember back when, like, I didn't have a cell phone growing up. Okay? I know, I know for some of you, you're like, what are you talking about? You were born with an iPhone in your hand. I got it. I did not have a cell phone when I was growing up. Back then, if you wanted to contact somebody, you had their phone number memorized. 
You did. I, I knew so many numbers. I had every one of my friends' phone numbers memorized. My like I had everybody's phone number memorized. Now today I have a cell phone. I don't know, and I don't know my daughter's phone numbers. I don't know. I mean, some of you don't know your spouse's phone number. I, heck, I have a hard time remembering 911. Sometimes you gotta write it down. This is so important. You know, they, they did a study, and I, and I just want to say this, all my students, your high school, college, middle school, l- let, me, let me just talk to you for a second. Because some of you, you, you sit through class, and I know you're so smart, you never need to take notes. Can I just encourage you? They actually did a study of students in a class that just, who take notes when the professor talks, lectures, and some that didn't. Okay? You figure out which one you are. Some of you know. And you know what they discovered? Here's what they discovered. This was interesting to me. The students who took notes versus the students who didn't take notes, they actually remembered pretty close to about the same amount of content. Like they actually kind of remember, even if you don't, and I know some of you go, I got a, oh, I got a, such a great memory. I'm just paying attention. I just absorb it. I don't write it down. I get you. But what they discovered, this was so, so interesting, was that the students who wrote the notes down Here's what they, they actually remembered the important matters. The students who did not write things down, they remembered stuff, but most of them didn't remember the important stuff. Guess how that played out when it was time to take a test. The students who wrote down notes all scored higher grades than the students who did not write down the notes. So parents, if your kid is struggling, first question, do you take notes in class? You need to start taking notes. Listen to Pastor Tim. He knows what he's talking about. You need to take notes. You've got to write it down. Can I tell you and encourage you, it's not just in school but in life. As we're seeking God and some of you pray and you ask, God, I need help. God, I, 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 know, I need to know what you want me to do. Some of you in college going, God, what's next? Can I just tell you that you need to, when God inspires you, when God speaks a small little word, because God will speak to me and it's not like, you know, thus saith the Lord to Tim. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. It's not audible. It's just a thought. It's just an inspiration. It's I'll be praying. Or it's just, and this thought will come to my mind. I'm like, oh, is that you, God? Like, and, and I have to figure it out. And if you do it long enough, you'll actually start to recognize, okay, that's God. And I can't tell you how many times God has inspired me. God has dropped things in me, like where it's like, oh, gosh, that, that hit me. Or, gosh, that really speaks to me. That's, and I think to myself, that would speak to my church. This is my calling. I'm supposed to deliver fresh revelation from God's word to you. And God will speak to me, and it'll be so awesome and so powerful. And I didn't write it down, and I forget it. I I would forget the very thing that maybe some of you really needed to hear that would change the direction of your life. And it was about several years ago, I felt deeply convicted by this. Do you know why I was convicted? I was convicted because here's what I realized. I realized that I was being irresponsible with fresh revelation that was coming from God. That God would speak to me, and and then I would forget it, and I wouldn't hold on to it, and I wouldn't go back through it, and I wouldn't say, how is this going to change me? How is this going to change others? I was irresponsible with it. And listen, I think a lot of us, let's be honest, can be irresponsible whenever God's trying to speak to us. And we don't write it down. And we don't go, I'm going to hold on to this and I'm going to pray through this. And it comes in one ear and it goes out the other and we forget it all the time. And we wonder, we say, well, why doesn't God talk? Could be God's tired of talking to you and you never took notes and wrote it down. And so now, can I just tell you what I do? It doesn't matter where I am. I'm sitting on a mower. God's speaking to me. I stop mowing in the middle of it. 
I get out my phone, I start writing down my notes. I'll be at the gym working out. If you ever come into the gym and you see me sitting on the bench and I know I should be doing work, but I got my cell phone and for 10 minutes I just got like da 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 da. Can I just tell you, I, I'm probably receiving revelation from God. God's like speaking to me about, oh, that area of my life and I need to do this and I bet someone else needs that because I'm going to write it down. Can I just encourage you? I, I think we, we've gotten to a place where we think church and coming to church is just, well, I just come and I just want to worship, so I'll sing and I just hear somebody talk at me. Maybe I'll say something that's like, you know, oh, yeah, amen, that's good. And then we walk out and then we go to Wendy's and get the four for four because that's the best thing you can get. And then, amen, praise God, thank you. And then, and then, you, and then you leave and then you forgot it. And the very thing that God wanted to do in your life that would bring real change was gone because we didn't write it down. Can I just encourage you? Take notes. Have your phone. Have a notebook. Have this. Lean in. I bet you if we did that, we'd hear God more often. I bet if we said, okay, I want to hear from you today, God. I'm ready to write down what you're going to say. I bet we'd hear from God today. I love it when I see young people on the front row who sit and take notes. Boy, I tell you, we got some adults that can learn from some of our young people that sit here. And it's either that or you're writing notes to a guy. I don't know, but I'm just going to believe. No, no, no. I know you guys take notes. I, like, take notes. Write it down. This is what he told Habakkuk. The vision will never come to pass in your life if it doesn't get out of your mind and onto paper because vision is meant to be seen. Your eyes, your own eyes need to see your vision. So that's the first thing he said, write it down. The second thing that was so important, he said, make it plain. Write this down, make it plain. This is going to help you with your vision, make it plain. He, he told Habakkuk, I'm going to show you the vision but you need to then process and make it simple and plain. This is the first place where we ever see the Kish principle. Have you ever heard of the Kish principle? Keep it simple, Habakkuk. Have you ever heard of the Kish principle? Do you see what? No, whatever. So th this is where I, I found this fascinating to me because I wondered why God didn't just say, here's the vision, write it down word for word. He didn't. He said, Here's the vision. I'm going to show you the world I'm going to create, but you need to make it plain. Can I tell you this, that God's going to inspire you, and he's going to put thoughts and dreams, and you're going to picture your life in, in this other way than it is now, and you're going to say, this is what I want to be, and that is great. But what God wants to do in through you is he wants you to process it and make it plain. He wants you to define it. Listen, if a vision is not simple, you'll never be able to follow it. I'll just say, if you're a business leader, supervisor, you're responsible for leading, if the vision of you want them to follow is not plain and simple, that you will not be able to follow it. It's got, that's why here at our church, some people think we're just too simple. I've got a vision that God's given me for our church, and it's real simple. Some of you know our vision statement. It's real simple. It's reaching thousands and what? Say it. And giving away millions. It's simple. It's so simple. So you go, hey, this church is so, I mean, I don't know. They're so simple. Yeah. Our vision's simple. Why? Because I want to run after that vision. Because what matters to me more than anything else, hey, everybody matters in all that we do, but if everything matters, let's be honest, nothing matters. And so I want to see us reach thousands of people who are far from Christ, who have no hope, and I want to see their eternity change when they meet Jesus face to face. And I want to be such a radically generous church that we're going to give away millions. Every year it's my dream to be able to give away more than a million dollars, not to pay for ministry, but to help people in need in our community. It's just simple. 
Why do you need a simple vision for your life? Here's why. Here's what God told Habakkuk. He said, so that he who reads it may run with it. Why does your vision for your life need to be simple? Let me tell you why. So you can run after it. Now, here's what I've discovered in life is that we're all running. Like, I'm already, like, I, I feel like life is moving so fast. Is there anybody here that feels that way? Raise your hand if you feel that way. Come on. Like, the older you get, the faster you're going to feel like life goes. When you're younger, you're like, I got the eternity. And you're going to blink, and all of a sudden you're going to have kids graduating. You're, you're going to blink, and you're going to be at retirement store. I promise you. That's the way it is. And let's be honest, in our culture here today, the pace at which we move is not a walk, it's not a stroll, it's not even a brisk walk. We run, don't we? Come on, think about it. How much stuff do you have to fit in a day? I'm running every single day. My whole life is like, okay, get up, and then what do I got to do? Got to get the kid, got to get her to the school, and then I got to go to work, and I got these meetings, and then I got to get back, and then we got to take this kid to that kid, and some of you have multiple kids, so you're trying to, you know, okay, you got to go to soccer, and you got to go to volleyball, and then I got to get you and pick you up, and I got to get to the office and back, and oh, by the way, we got to get to the grocery store, and oh, by the way, and, and we are running. Let's be honest. We are running so hard in life. And we're moving so fast. I see people running after, after thing, after thing, after thing. And can I tell you the problem we have to be careful? This is why so many people end up regretting where they are in life. Let me tell you why. It's because they were running before they had division. It's because if we don't ever stop to say, God, I'm going to seek you for the vision, but operate how I feel, we're already running. So guess what? We're going to hit the ground running. We're going to end high school, and we're going to be running right into careers, right into this relationship, right into this. And if you don't get the vision first, you could end up a place in life where you look back full of regret. How did I get all the way over here? You have to get the vision first. Once you get the vision, then you run in that direction. And the truth is, and I just want to say this boldly because I believe we have people that are listening to me right now, that you've been running after things. And you can run after career, and you can run after a certain job. You can run after the money because I think when I get there, it's going to make me happy. And what you'll find out, like so many people in this life, is you're going to wake up one day and realize I'm not happy, but I have the job and I have the income. I see people running after love and falling into the arms of somebody that is not who God would want them to be with. All because I'm running, but I didn't get the vision of the relationship or the marriage that I was supposed to have. We're running first, and we're building things. And that's why people run from job to job, relationship to relationship, from house to bigger house to bigger house, from car to nicer car to nicer car, to vacation to nicer. And we run after all these things. And let me tell you something. If you don't have the vision first, and you keep running, eventually... You're going to run out of gas. And go, gosh, I'm just not satisfied. How did I end up here? And this is what we're doing in life. And so we're going to get the vision first. We're going, to, we're going to write it down as God speaks to us. We're going to process and we're going to make it plain. And we're going to get the vision before we run in a direction. So the first thing we need to do is define it. So what I want to do at this point is I want to help you define the vision for your life. So when you came into the experience today, 
all of you should have received or should have grabbed a vision card. Would you get it out for me? I want everybody to get out this vision card. Now listen, if you didn't get one of these, but you want to participate, you want to do this, would you just stick your hand up real quick right now? And we got some auditorium folks that will get you. If you didn't get one, here's one over here. If you guys are in Lancaster, just stick your hand up. We got a team that will come and get you. I want every person to have one of these if we can. I would love for you to have one. By the way, if you're in high school, you ought to have one of these. This is not just for people who are married, not just for people. You, you ought to have one of these. You're in college, you ought to have one of these. Right here. Thank you. I want to just go through the front of this card kind of quickly. And what I'm doing is I just want to help you understand how to start to define the vision for your life. Okay? Here's the thing. Before you can get a vision of where you want to go and who you want to be, listen, you need to be honest with where you are right now. I think a lot of us would rather lie to ourselves than to be honest. A lot of us want to pretend that life's better than it really is. A lot of us want to think we're doing better than we really are. Listen, you don't have to fill this out right now. You can do this at home in the privacy where nobody else sees this. But I just want to walk you through just a few of these just to give you some idea. First, what, it's just a tool. It's just a tool. Use this as however it helps you. What, what does it look like to create a picture of what your life looks like right now? So the first question on here, the first statement, it is so easy. It's not a trick question. Every one of you could probably get this right. My occupation is. It's not hard. If you're a teacher, put teacher. Isn't that easy? If you're a nurse, put nurse. If you're a principal, put principal. If you're a student, put student. Okay? Whatever it is, my occupation. You can do that, all right? Then the next one, my financial situation is. These are just some categories for you to look for vision. How would you answer that in just a couple words? Scary? Maybe. In debt? Drowning? A mess? Maybe it's good. Maybe you bankroll everybody. Maybe you got, I don't maybe you're loaded. Maybe you're balling. Maybe you got cash on cash. Maybe you got accounts all over in the Caymans. Hey, great. Put on there loaded. I don't know. But, but whatever it is, my financial situation is. The next one is my relationships are. Now, I would encourage you that, that maybe think of one or two or whatever is appropriate. If you're dating, maybe think about your dating relationship. If you're married, maybe think about your spouse. Okay, if, you got, if it's your, your kids, maybe think about your relationship with your kids or your boss. Okay, my relationships are, what does it look like? Are they healthy? Is it volatile? My relationship with my spouse is, how would some of you answer that if you're married? Not great. So-so. Just, just a word or phrase. What would you say, honestly, how your relationship's doing? Here's one, my spiritual life is. Here's where we should be honest with God. Some of you say, it's kind of routine. I don't know, I've been, I've been following Jesus for 30 years, but it's not fresh and it's not exciting. Or some of you that are in a fast and you feel like God's, I don't know, speaking to you and you feel like, man, I'm closer to God. My relationship is on fire. My relationship is hot. My relationship is great. My, I mean, whatever that is, my spiritual life. Then here's another one. I just want you to think my church involvement. What does it look like? What is your engagement with this community? What does that look like? Well, I attend as often as I can. Every once in a while. Or, or maybe you serve. Maybe you're on a team. Maybe you're part of the church and what it does. Maybe you, my church involvement is I give regularly and, and I attend as often as I can. Maybe it, it's I'm in a circle and I, and I attend regularly. Whatever that is. Just, just, it's for you to put that down. The next section. Here's where you're going to start to put the vision. Now here's how I want you to do this. As you're in a process of asking God and you're prayerfully thinking about this and, and, you, and you take time. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say... This is the picture in your mind 
of the person or the category of what you want life to be. What do you want life to be one day? And it might feel so far away, but you're going to answer that. Here's how I want you to look at this. In my occupation, my God-given purpose is. So you go, well, I don't, I don't really have a, a purpose because like, I, I work at this office. I'm not like a pastor. I don't work in the church. Can I just tell you that God has purpose for you? That I, Sometimes I'm jealous. Can I say that? I'm jealous because some of you are around people all the time that are hungry and desperate for God. And you have a mission field right there. I have to intentionally go look for it because I got to work around a bunch of, sorry, staff. Uh, I got to, they're, they're great people, but, but I, I just, there's a purpose for your life and you don't have to be in full-time ministry to have it. And so you're going to maybe say, well, if I'm a teacher, you might go, well, my purpose is uh, I'm going to reflect my faith in front of all the faculty and the students. Or if you're a nurse, you might say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite every single one of the nurses that work on this floor through a conversation to church with me. What is God's purpose in the place where you work? How about this one? With the finances God has given me, I will. Again, this is the vision that you want to see. I will honor God with the first fruits of the tithe, and I will be debt-free. That would be awesome. Some of you, that might be it. I will live in a budget and live beneath my means. Make it plain. What is the, I want to live with so much margin that I can be radically generous. Here's a vision that maybe no one ever thinks about. What would it look like if you put down a vision and say, I want to live on less than I give? Now that's a vision. And I know it looks like an impossibility, but, but what's, what's God ins inspiring you to do? In my spiritual life, I will dedicate myself to what? What does it look like for you to say, okay, God, I'm going to dedicate myself to you in this way. I'm going to dedicate myself to spend time every single day with God and reading the Bible. What does it look like for you in your spiritual life, in my church community? Maybe it's time to take a step and to say, I'm going to go from the road to a circle. I'm going to go from the road to a surf team. I'm going to, what does it look like for you to do? And so you're going to begin to just kind of put down a couple sentences or this is what I want. And then here's the most important part of the vision. It's the bottom piece. Because can I tell you what matters more than all the things you think about achieving in life? And I know it would be great to be debt-free and to be generous, and I know it would be great to... Can I tell you what matters more than anything you can achieve? This is the goal. The goal is who we're becoming. The goal, what matters the most in life, can I tell you this, at least in what God sees us, is who you're becoming. And so I would love for you, and there's not going to be enough lines for you, to take some time, maybe just this week, a private time, and you're just going to say, this is the person that I want to be. I want to be honest. I want to be kind to everyone. This is the father that I want to be. I feel like I haven't been a great father. I want to be this kind of father. This is the husband. This is the wife that I want to be to my husband. This, this is the son that I want to be to my parents. What, what would it look like for you to actually think through for your life? This is the person I want to be. And you're going to begin to kind of craft. You're defining it. This is what God told Habakkuk. Write it down. Make it plain. And then on the back of this, is a place for you to put your name and your family vision. If you're married or if you have kids, I would encourage you, walk through this. You don't have to do any of this. If some of you look at this and go, this is a test and I'm scared to death, don't. This is a tool that I just want to help you find vision for your life. And, and I will say this, there's a parenting section. I want to say, we have a bunch of single parents in our church. I just can't imagine. It's hard enough with two. I can't imagine some of you if you're single parents. I just want to say, my gosh, I, 
I just think so highly of single parents in our church. For whatever reason, you're carrying the weight by yourself, like we should on our single moms, single dads. And, and I just, but, but still process and go, what do I want my kids to learn from me? If we never ask that, we're never gonna move in the direction that God wants us to move. And so I just wanna, this is a tool, and I would love for you and every person, listen, we're not collecting these. This isn't for the church, this is for you. Say, I wanna define the vision that God has for me in my life. Now let me tell you what's gonna happen as you begin to write things down. You're gonna look at it and you're gonna go, this seems impossible. Some of you, you're gonna write it down, you're gonna go, this is so far away. I don't know, it's ever gonna happen. And I wanna remind you what God said to Habakkuk. This was so important in verse three. And it's the last key to this. And that is don't give up. Don't give up. If God's put something in your heart, can I just tell you, don't give up. If God's gonna give you a vision for your marriage or for your kids, can I say this, don't give up. If he's given you a vision for your life and the kind of what, maybe it's, I have a vision for a wife one day. I have a vision for, for being able to adopt a child one day. I have a vision to be able to have a child one day. Can I just tell you, and maybe it's been a long time since you've seen anything move in that and it's God's put that in your heart. Can I just say, don't give up. God's not done, don't give up. He said these words, let me read verses, verse three to you. He said this to him, he said, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, can you all say those next three words with me? He told him what? Wait for it. Come on, say it again. He said, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Can I tell you that if God inspires you to move your life in a direction toward him, and that is from God, that God is going to bring it to pass. God will bring it. Sometimes this is the hardest part of vision. Can I tell you? It's that when you're excited and you see the life that you want, you see what God's moving your heart like, oh, one day I want to be a missionary. Or one day I want to live like this. And you feel like the gap between you and that vision is so great that you're going to tend to get discouraged. You're going to find yourself going, I prayed for this over and over and it hasn't happened. Don't give up. Wait for it. God is going to accomplish everything that he has purposed from the beginning of time in your life and through your life. For he who began a good work is faithful to bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Don't give up. Hold on and, and wait for it. I know this because I've been living in a waiting season. I've been living in a waiting season for a long time. All along the way where God called me to start a church and the vision that he gave me. Can I tell you the most frustrated that I ever get is when I see the vision, but I don't know how to get there. When I see what God wants to do and I don't know how to get there. And I think sometimes we're closer to it than we realize. We, we don't realize that, that we're closer to it, even if we haven't seen it all. And God reminded me of this recently. About a year ago, I was moving offices, moving to a new building, and I came across an old notebook of mine. It was a notebook that I had written down some things that I was praying for this church before we ever started it. This was like 18 years ago. 
18 years ago, I remember sitting with a small team. We had about 11 of us. Really, it was six that were trying to start a church. And I remember sitting in my living room one evening, and we were just praying about this and talking and planning, and we just had this quiet time, this moment where we were all just kind of praying, and and I just started dreaming of the church that I wanted to lead one day. And I'm, and I'm praying, and I've got all these things, and I'm just furiously writing, like writing down all the things that I, that I wanted to see one day in the church. We had no money. We had no building. We had no people. But God was putting vision in my heart. And I came across this notebook. It was 18 years old. And I showed it to some of my staff. I took a picture, and I sent it to them, and they did something cool with it uh, this past year. Pastor Appreciation Month, they they made me a placard that said, X marks a place because of the statements that I wrote down to remind me of it here at X Church. And um, I I get kind of emotional um, because I, I think about the vision that God put in my heart, but I I had no idea how to make it happen. And, um, and this was such a reminder to me that you got to wait. I mean, you don't just sit around and do nothing, but for its appointed time, but it's going to happen. And it was a reminder to me that we're closer than we think we are sometimes. And I wrote down some of these statements. Uh, uh, this is what I was dreaming of. I said, I want a, a place in which the main purpose is to reach the lost. And you know, if you wonder where our values come from and our mission statement comes from, it comes from a vision where God was inspiring me 18 years ago. And we say around here, the lost are our passion. The gospel is our priority. I said, I want a place that helps people find their gifts and talents and calling and helps them move into their place in the church. I'm so thankful that we have a growth track called XU where we see people every single week that are taking a step closer to what God's called them to do. I said, I want a place that people are proud to call their church and love talking about it with others. I hope you're proud of your church because I am. And I will invite anybody to this church because I love this church and I love all of you. And I, I, I prayed, I said, God, I want a place that gives millions to the advancement of the gospel of the kingdom of God. We had no money. 18 years ago and no people and I was dreaming of a place that would put millions of dollars into the community. Hey, we still have a vision of giving away millions of dollars and right now we're giving away hundreds of thousands, but I'm telling you a day is coming very soon when as a church, we're going to be giving away over a million dollars every single year to help people in need. I'm telling you that this is going to happen one day. I, I was so far away from it, I thought, 18 years ago. What I'm saying is that, that God's going to give you a vision for your life, for your marriage, for your kids. You might seem like your kids have been running in the wrong direction. You're like, I don't know how they're ever going to come back. You pray. You write that vision down. You run after it. I'm going to pray for them every day. I'm gonna, this, my, my vision for my kids is they know Jesus.
I prayed, I, this was one of my things. I said, I dream of a place in which thousands of people receive salvation through Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, we've seen over 5,000 people make a decision for Jesus Christ in our church and we're not done. We're not done, church. We're not done. And I say all that to say that God's gonna give you vision and you're gonna write it down and it's gonna be in front of you and it's gonna look big and it's gonna look scary, but do not give up. Because if God put it in you, he's going to bring it to pass. God's going to do it. Come on, if you receive this word, would you stand up to your feet today? Come on, would you all stand up to your feet? I just, I believe in this moment that God wants to do something in our hearts today. He wants to do something to inspire us today. To say this is a moment where God wants you to receive fresh revelation from God. Would you just bow your heads, just let me pray over you. Father, I pray over every person under the sound of my voice right now. God, I pray every single person here, whether it's their first time, they've been a part of this church. God, I'm asking for fresh anointing. God, I'm asking for new vision today. I'm asking God that you would do something that is so real in us today. God, I pray for every person that feels like they're so far away. I pray, Father, for every single mom that feels like they're so far away from where they wanted to be. I pray for every person that's fighting an addiction that feels like they're so far away from where they want to be. I pray, God, for every marriage that is so far away from the way it started. So many families, God, that are so far away from financial freedom. I pray right now, God, vision. God, I pray vision to come into their hearts. I pray inspiration to well up in their soul. God, I pray we begin to see what you're calling us to. Listen, as we're praying, I just sense that that God wants to give fresh revelation to you today. But we have to be in a place where we're going to receive it. Where we say, God, I'm open to it. God, I want this today. If that's you, listen, if this doesn't feel weird, could you just maybe just take your hands and just turn them up to heaven? If it doesn't feel weird, just to maybe turn your hands up and just hold them up. I just feel like God wants to pour something out into your life. And if we could just show God, today I want it. Today, I want to receive it. Father, I pray for every person that's got their hands up toward heaven. God, I pray for fresh anointing. I pray, God, for revelation. I pray, God, vision. Vision for their life, for their future, for what you're calling them to do, what you created them to do. I pray for every person here today that says, God, I don't even know if you're real. I'm praying right now, God, that they would begin to feel and sense and know that you are so real. God, we... We want your vision to run after it. So God, I pray that, Lord, we would receive that. We would define it. And God, we would not give up in the delay. Know that, God, you're developing and you're doing something in the delay. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for speaking to us today. We pray all of these in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Come on, let's thank God for his word, his presence in this place today. Amen.